He said there will be distress of nations with perplexity, puzzlement. They will have all of these complex issues and all of the great thinkers and the great uh, intelligence uh, that man has acquired that can't find solutions for them. Actually, it's setting the stage for the Antichrist, someone to come on the scene who will have the solution to uh, all of the tension that there is building among nations. But it can't come until something occurs, until he that lets is taken out of the way. So in the nations, there would be distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. And uh, uh, I, I really saw that as more than the tidal waves created by earthquakes, although during the tribulation itself, there will be earthquakes like the world has never seen. Earthquakes that will shake the earth so uh, horribly that every island of the sea will pass away. There won't be an island left that isn't engulfed with tidal waves as a result of the earthquakes. And so, preceding that, the sea and the waves roaring, I, I read into it more than just the earthquakes or tidal waves or, or the uh, situations that are happening right now in our, in our world. A fissure has opened up in, uh, uh, in Yellowstone National Park in this beautiful setting. Uh, they don't know for sure if it's a fissure or if it is a, uh, just a, a crack in the rocks. But it causes them to look at it differently. And they look deeper into it and they say that there is a super volcano under the surface. And that's why old faithful is faithful. That geyser that shoots up and lets off that steam on time. But there's something under there bigger than just a geyser letting off steam. There is an, an actual super volcano underneath. And if it blew, if it blew, immediately 86,000 people in proximity would die. That's the immediate result. 86,000 people would die immediately if it erupted. But then it would create what they used to call when so many bombs would go up a nuclear winter, it would, it would actually obliterate large portions of America, the sunlight couldn't get through for the ash that would fill the air. It's a super volcano. You're trying to scare people. No, I'm just saying that there's all kinds of things that are in motion already that will see come to fruition during the tribulation period. It's already beginning to happen. But there's another application to the sea and the waves roaring. The Bible said in the Old Covenant, the wicked are like the troubled sea whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no peace, saith my God, unto the wicked. And there's no peace in this world at any price. The reason alcoholism is the way it is, drug abuse is the way it is, people are looking for something to give them what can't be gotten from anyone but the Prince of Peace, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So we've got something the world can't offer, and it needs to be exhibited in our own life. We're doing a series uh, on our Bible studies online uh, on, on sun, S-O-N, ripened fruit. And we're taking each segment. It's like a tangelo. When you open it up, each piece, there's a segment. There's one product of the Holy Spirit, but many segments to that. And that's the nine. Supernatural. Say supernatural. supernatural. I want you 
want you to know that just your attempt at being good, your attempt at having spiritual joy, your attempt at achieving that peace in and of yourself is impossible. Amen. This is supernaturally produced. It's produced by the Holy Spirit, not by your own spirit. Except the Holy Spirit enabled you. So it's a good study. It involves, though, the crucifixion of the flesh. Because if the flesh isn't crucified, then the Holy Spirit can't produce this fruit. Because nothing. You know what Paul said about his flesh, and I hope you will acknowledge it about yours? Paul, with all his appointed and anointing, said, In my flesh there is no good thing. None. So he said, I have to sanctify myself daily, lest having preached to others, I buffet my body, I bring it into subjection. Can you say amen? Because if you don't bring it into subjection, it will, it will just do what the flesh wants to do. But that's a good study, and I encourage you to get in the Word of God in these days. Amen. But then there are signs within the church. Signs within the church. Many false prophets shall go out into the world, and they shall deceive many. We're in that end-time scenario. It's, it's happening all over the world. It's happening in America right now. There's never been a time like, there's, like this time that so many Christians have laid their Bible down and forsaken a Bible study and letting a talking head, i.e. a television minister, tell them what it all says and what it all means. And without your Bible and without you reading it and studying it and getting in a Bible study, you can't tell. You won't know the truth unless you continue in His Word. Not just someone's perspective on it. One uh, false teacher said he locked himself in a, a room and listened to another false teacher. He didn't call himself a false teacher. But he locked himself in a room. He fasted. And he listened to hours of that other person's tape. And when he came out, he thought he had a revelation. What he had was just a representation of somebody else's point of view biblically. And it's a wrong point of view. And the man he listened to tried to correct it. He wrote a book just before he died because it took the prosperity message and turned it into a greed-driven, self-serving message. And he wrote a book, Kenneth Hagin wrote a book called The Midas Touch saying that what I originally taught about God blessing people, people have took that. And they have turned it in to something that it, it was never intended to be. They took, they took it to an extreme and it got out of any balance at all. So he, he recognized something is going terribly wrong. But it was too late. There's too many people buying in to a materialistic message that has to do with the here and the now and me and mine. And not the things of Christ. Nature of the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. So the Bible said in the same answer to the question, what shall be the sign of thy coming? There shall be distress of nations with perplexity, earthquakes in divers places, the sea and the waves roaring. And many false prophets shall go out into the earth, and they shall deceive many. And then it goes on to say in other portions of Scripture concerning the church, it says, that day, the day of the Lord, shall not come. That day when the Antichrist will be manifest. 
And if you're trying to figure out who he is now, uh, you are not really on the right track. People have been trying to do that for decades. But until he that led it is taken out of the way, he cannot. And I don't know if you know what God has vested in you and I today, but he has vested in us awesome authority. Awesome authority. In fact, he said to his disciples, Behold, I give unto you power. Authority. Power over how much of the power of the devil. How much authority do we possess? You know, the Bible says the devil goes around as a roaring lion, a hungry lion, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. So if you're not in the faith, and, and in order to be in the faith and stand steadfast, the Bible said we have to earnestly contend, put up a real fight for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Amen. When people start messing with the original, we don't have the faith that the Bible speaks of. And you can't resist the devil with anything less than standing fast in the faith. Earnestly contend. First generation of Christians were warned, if you don't fight for it, you will lose it. Put up a real fight for it. And stand fast. Hallelujah. And don't let anything move you. And don't let a personality sway you. I'm Pentecostal from my head to my feet. I believe in the anointing of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm all the above. I'm charismatic, not my personality. But I'm, I believe in the charisma, the charismata, the gifts of the Spirit. But I also believe in the fruit of the Spirit. And I believe without the fruit of love, the gift of tongues is sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And I believe without the fruit of love, the faith to remove mountains will profit nothing for the kingdom. It'll just be mountains in my way of getting what I want. It won't be mountains in the way of getting what He wills. Can you say amen? So there has to be a balance. The Bible said that day shall not come except there come something that precedes it. A falling away first. And then the Antichrist can be revealed. Because until he that leadeth is taken out of the way, the Antichrist can't come. That means as long as we're here and the Holy Spirit is here in us and through us and we have the authority to intercede and pray, the Antichrist would if he could. But hell and all its minions and the devil and all his, all his influence can't bring his man on the scene as long as the church is alive and well and the faith is being adhered to. So what is he doing today? What is his strategy? To undermine the faith that was once delivered to the saints. To try to get it to become some semblance of the true faith. But something that's been, uh, uh, been brought into a compatibility with all the other world religions. It's a world church coming. A false prophet is coming. And for a world church to form, every 
every world religion is going to have to make compromises and concessions. Mm -hmm. They may do it. We must never do it. Give no place to the devil. Earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. The falling away has begun. And I could give you statistics that would just kind of bring us all down today. And and maybe in some teaching period we'll have time to go over it. But I can prove to you in our culture, church culture, church world, evangelicals, 43% do not believe that Jesus was sinless. Evangelical. We're evangelical. It's churches that believe the Bible is the Word of God and we should reach others for Jesus Christ. 27% do not believe that Jesus is the only way to God. They're buying in to, to the the Krishna and the Buddhism and, and, and they believe that Islam and Allah is the same as Jehovah. Pantheism. Many, many gods or one God with many ways and many roads to Him. It's all the same God. It's a matter of semantics. No, it isn't. Jesus is either the greatest and, and, and foremost source of truth in all of the universe or he's the biggest fraud and liar that ever existed. But if he is the way, if he is the truth, and if he is the life, and if he is the mediator between God and man and he declared himself to be, and he he declared, see, you can't find a middle ground if you're going to follow Jesus. Why why does he claim that? Because he is that. He shed his blood. God said his son. He was God incarnate. He didn't just come as a prophet to prophesy. He came as God in flesh. Emmanuel. God with us. And when evangelicals with Bibles claiming to follow this Christ who made these claims and statements, begin to compromise. Begin to compromise. Then you can see the enemy trying to erode the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Earnestly contend. You know what it said in the Old Covenant? We can pull that out and apply it to our day. It says, stand ye and call for the old pathways. I'm not just talking about the old-fashioned way of doing things. I'm talking about the original. Can you say amen? If the ancient landmark be removed, what shall the righteous do? You preached on that at our church, and that was a good sermon, and it's still online. You ought to get it. A great Bible study. It's the truth, isn't it? If the landmark is removed, what shall the righteous do? Where can we stand? And take our stand. If the landmark is removed, the landmark defines what is ours and what belongs to us and what is true. So stand ye in the gate and call for the old pathways. Hallelujah. And declare, this is the way. Walk ye in it. Can you say, man? The way hasn't changed. Because God never changes. 
And Christ is the same yesterday, today, and he will be forever and forever. Alpha and Omega. He that was alive and was dead and behold, I'm alive forevermore. Why do you follow Jesus? Because he rose from the dead. It's pretty simple. Buddha's dead. They they sprinkled in ashes of his cremated body on the Ganges River and, and, and people, misguided religious people, used to offer their babies a sacrifice to Buddha and throw them and let them drown in the Ganges to get their crops blessed. Muhammad is dead. 100,000 people or more go to Mecca each year to see the tomb of Muhammad. Christians make a pilgrimage to Israel to look at an empty grave. The empty grave makes a difference, church. Amen. And you say, man, I don't want to follow a dead leader of a false religion. I want to follow the one that backed up everything he said by getting up out of the grave on resurrection morning. How about you? Kind of settles it for me. Well, Brother Brim, aren't you narrow-minded? Oh, yes. Amen. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And listen to this. It's not, everybody's not going to go that way. The culture is going to go against you if you do. Your family members may forsake you and ostracize you if you do. Can you say, man, you're not going to be popular if you follow Christ anymore? It's kind of good because it's going to sift us. We're going to find out who's really a disciple of Jesus and who just goes to church every now and then so we keep our foot in the door with God when we need something from Him. Can you say amen? Amen. If any man follow me, you've got to leave your mama. You've got to leave your... Come on, this is what He said. You can't follow your mama. You can't follow your daddy. You can't follow the culture. You can't follow your children. You have to commit to follow Jesus Christ. Any man that comes after me, let him forsake father, mother, sister, brother, house and land. But if he does, he will receive a hundredfold fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, houses and lands in this life with persecutions. By the way, when God blesses you, the devil's going to persecute you. The more blessed I am, the more trials I go through. The more trouble I have. When blessings come, I put my armor on. Amen. Brother Bimble, are you paranoid? No, I just know the devil's tactics. Amen. Amen. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he what? He doesn't have no sorrow with it. He don't give you a pretty fire truck on Christmas morning and stomp on it so you don't enjoy it. Amen. Not a very good daddy. No, but the devil would love to stomp on it because he doesn't like Christians bragging on God. And he doesn't like Christians representing a kingdom where we have a father. Not a force in the universe, but a Father in heaven. Hallelujah. That we can call on in the name of Jesus. So here we are in this compromised day. There's got to be compromise for the falling away to occur. There's got to be compromise for a world church to form. And the compromises are being made in the evangelical movement. When 27% of the people do not believe. That Jesus is the only way to God. There's something wrong in the church world. When 43% do not believe he was sinless. When many pastors, graduates of 
prestigious Bible colleges that at one time was grounded in the Word of God. When they do not believe in the physical, bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, then the falling away has begun. Amen. The falling away comes from a Greek term and a Greek word and a Greek root that is the same as divorce. I was, I was committed to my wife. I was in a covenant relationship with my wife. But now I've decided to cut that covenant relationship and walk away from my commitment. The falling away is cutting our true covenant relationship with Christ. Because without the shedding of blood and that covenant being established, amen, for you and for me, there is no remission of sins. Can you see the devil trying to undermine the faith that we're supposed to be fighting for? The problem is some people don't even know what the faith is. They couldn't define the faith that was once delivered. They don't know the cardinal truths that, that once those are removed, the faith doesn't exist anymore. It's tough preaching during the falling away. Because people are not interested. They're not enthusiastic. False preachers will offer you a watered-down gospel. Really, as long as you give money to their ministry, they'll promise you every blessing there is in the Bible. Sacrificing, committing, taking up your cross, denying yourself. Why should I go to a church where I'm, I'm going to be taught I need to deny myself when I can go to that church when I can hear the message of indulge yourself and follow Jesus? Well, you can't have it both ways. They that are of the flesh, mind the things of the flesh. They that are of the Spirit, mind the things of the Spirit. And when he said a hundredfold, he didn't, people are trying to, to give $10 and get $1,000. be tenfold. So a hundredfold would be a thousand. You give ten, you get a thousand. I went to get my taxes done. God bought into this because it was it was the thing. He bought into it. Go to Venable's church. He's going to preach on sin. Oh, Lord, help us. We might have to give up some sin to have more of Jesus. Anyway, this God bought in. He said, he was scratching his head while he's doing my taxes. He said, you're a preacher, aren't you? I said, yes, I am. He said, you're a student of Scripture then. I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, I've been tithing my business. And I have done the math because he was a... An accountant. He said, I've done the math. And you know what his math come out? God short changed him. He, come on, if you're going to do the math, listen, if you give $10,000 times a hundredfold, how many zeros did we get on that? Just add two. Add two to the end, 10,000 plus two? Two zeros. Two zeros. <laughs> so that's a million. I, wow, we got a math, head of the math department at Plant City High School. I thought I was going to have to pull out my... Because I don't have one here. 
So listen, the man gives that much money, God owes him a million. You see how crazy? Is that crazy? You see, but God didn't just talk about houses and lands a hundredfold for he that's forsaken. He talked about sisters and brothers. How do you get a hundredfold sisters and brothers? Look at somebody and say, you and me. You and me. I met a guy coming out of here. Never seen him in my life. But he was carrying a Bible. They must have had a service somewhere else in this building today. And I said, y'all did it. Y'all done done it. And we're getting ready to do it. And he grabbed me by the hand and said, God bless you, brother. I thought, brother, I'm an only child. How did I get a brother from another mother? And he said, from the womb of the church, I have brothers and sisters. A hundredfold anything that could happen in my family is the body of Christ is now my family. But we're all His body and His members in particular. Can you say that? I've got a hundredfold. I met brothers in Jamaica trying to make my way to an orphanage. Couldn't hail a tap-tap which is one of those trucks with an open body and, and you, you wave at it, it stops, you give him a coin, you jump in the back with all these other people that are hanging on and the reason they call it a tap-tap, when you get to where you want to get off, you tap on the roof and he'll slow down and you can jump off. I don't think he ever stopped. <laughs> and uh, I'm glad I found a brother because I don't jump much anymore. It's not because I'm a white man. It's just because I'm an old man. Well, I'm, a, I'm not old, old. Because I'm younger than you. That's why I want you to stay right around here with us. I need somebody. Amen. And guess what? I'm walking along and it's hot. I went to buy a Pepsi because the water is polluted in, 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 uh, in Jamaica. I mean in Haiti. And you get all this stuff. From the water, got to use wisdom. But I saw a Pepsi, and a little boy come up to me, and and he said, "Sir, he said, could I have, could I have a penny? No, could I have? I forget what the um, price was. It was way less than the Pepsi." He said, "If if if you could do that, my mother, my sister, and myself haven't eaten yet today. But if I could get this, I could get some rice, and we could have a meal." And I'm going to tell you something. I lost, I did without my Pepsi. Amen. How many know sometimes you can do without a Pepsi? Amen. In order to, and, and I gave him, I gave him a lot more than the cost of a Pepsi. And, and he, he ran straight to, to a vendor and he bought some rice. He wasn't just conning somebody. And there's hungry people all over the place. And, and I thought, Lord, here I am. I'm, I'm actually becoming dehydrated. I'm out here where there's no fresh water. I'm walking five miles toward an orphanage to check on it. And I don't, there's no tap-tap going by. There's no pad here. This is, this is a whole different situation. And here came one of those nice, Jeep, brand new Jeep, uh, four-wheel drive Jeep vehicles, and pulled up and said, How you, how you doing, eh? Canadian guy. He didn't say A then, but he said A a lot. He said, how are you doing? I said, fine. Where are you going? I said, I'm headed for an orphanage that we sponsor. He said, hop in. I'll take you. 
I hopped in, and he introduced himself. He was part of a mission work in, in Haiti. And he shook my hand, and he said, God bless you, brother. And I said, God bless you, brother. Amen. I'm getting a hundredfold here. It don't take long to rack up a hundredfold brothers and sisters. Fathers. Some people, they always talk about Elder Taylor. Not because of his age, but because of his spiritual walk. Elder Taylor, he's a spiritual dad to some people. Amen. My wife is becoming a spiritual mama. You have to have some age on you. I'm sorry. There are women who become what they call mothers in Israel. They are like the mama to the church. I, I, I got a feeling that Willie's mama was kind of like a mother in Israel. Because when they celebrated her home going, they genuinely missed her. In fact, as one of her friends that she used to fish with, she said, she said at the funeral, she said, she said she can take some neck bones and rice. Make you want to slap your mama. <laughs> and that's not a disrespectful term. It just means it was so very good. I'll put it this way. It'd make your tongue slap to the roof of your mouth till it almost beat your brains out. <laughs> and that's some good eating. Can you say But there are mothers in Israel. There's people so faithful to God. They become like spiritual mamas. When we got saved, there were women in our church. Remember, remember sister, the sister that when they used to sing... Without a microphone, she would sing out during the courses, Sister Flowers. When Sister Flowers got up and sang, she sang with the anointing on her, her face all aglow. And somehow her voice carried over everybody else's. And we were blessed just by watching her praise God and live for Christ. And she was a spiritual mama to my wife and me. So we got mamas and daddies. We got sisters and brothers, a hundredfold. Do you understand the hundredfold better? Oh, by the way, since God won't let you be a polygamist, how do you get the hundredfold wives out of this if everything is literal? I got one. Had her for 55 years. <laughs> Did she say it's all he needs or it's all he's going to get? <laughs> all I, you got that right, sister. Anyway, I love you. 55 years she's tolerated me. I couldn't afford to shoot. Can you say, man? A hundredfold wives? A hundredfold wives? So it's got to be something. You see, when you look through the eye of flesh, when you look at everything through the eye of flesh, it's all material, physical, temporal. While we look not at the things which are temporal. And that's everything in this fallen world, including our physical bodies. But we look at the things which are seen because we don't look at the things which are seen because they are temporal. We look at the things which are unseen because they are eternal. Someone said he is no fool who gives up what he can't keep to take hold of what he can never lose. Can you say, man, no man has left house. He can't keep that house. Land, he can't keep it. The only piece of land he can lay claim to and keep for a little while is out there in the cemetery. Can you say, man, he can't hold on to it. Death is going to cancel that 
out. He can't keep all this other stuff, but he can keep the eternal life that Jesus gives him. He can keep his home in heaven that God has prepared for them that love him and serve him. Can you say amen? He can keep the faith that when this body fails, there's another one waiting for us. Can you say that? That's eternal. That is nothing that will ever, ever take away from, from the immortality and the incorruptibility of it. So who, who, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? The devil wants to turn everything into the physical. So this accountant was doing the math. And since God owed him a million bucks, he wanted to know why God didn't come through. And I began to tell him what I'm telling you. And he was disappointed. Because he wanted a million bucks. Because he didn't see the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's nothing for the body. It's righteousness. It's peace. And it's joy in the Holy Ghost. And ain't nothing you can eat and drink to satisfy you like that. Can you say man? Hallelujah. How, how many glad you're going to heaven today? How many glad for the faith? That we have a Bible that distinguishes and defines and delineates the faith. Hallelujah. And when I pick up my Bible, I declare, amen. I stand in the gate and I declare, this is the way. This is the way. Walk ye in it without apology. I'm not trying to fill seats to build buildings of stone and steeple and stained glass. I want to fill, amen, the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. With people that are washed in the blood. People that are never going to die. Hallelujah. That would trade this world and everything in it in, a, in, a, in the bat of an eye to have the eternal life and the eternal home that's waiting for us amen. just over in Zion. Can you say that? Hallelujah. I got a home over in Zion. And it's not all that. Hallelujah. So, during the falling away, the concessions have to be made. The faith has to be redefined. And when evangelicals, which at one time were the champions of the faith, the defenders of the truth. When they begin to disbelieve the word of God. Turn away from Christ as the only way to God. Open the door for the ordination of that that God calls perversion. And churches follow through. We're in a day when people want to be accepted by men more than blessed with God. Here's a disconcerting scripture to me. It said when they knew him, many of those religious zealots of his day, when they knew him, when they knew the truth, they would not confess him because confessing him would get them kicked out of the Sanhedrin. Confessing him would get them kicked out of their family. Fathers would disown their children for coming to Christ. 
And there are religions today that will do the same thing if you follow Jesus. Country is dead. Some have a mock funeral and say no one's to speak to you. Ever invite you over, have anything to do with you if you come one way, there to go the other way. Man came from India, came from one of the castes in India to preach for us at the Holy Church of God. He said he was an x-ray technician in India, which was a prestigious job. And while other people are starving, he was doing real well. But he accepted Jesus as his Savior as an evangelistic crusade. And he said, you know, he said, the first thing that happened was I lost my job. The second thing that happened was my wife left me because I lost my job, lost my position, and couldn't give her the life that she was used to. The third thing that happened was my own family disowned me and treated me as if I was dead because I became a Christian. But he also said, when I took him down to Christian retreat to talk with Gerald Durstein about coming and holding a meeting in India, he said, at Christian retreat, I did not come here to represent the poverty of India. I came here to represent the unspeakable word unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ can you say and knowing him I didn't come here to get your pity I came here to tell you how rich I am how blessed I am he saw the kingdom he saw the kingdom unless you become as a little child you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of God unless you become humble like that you can't even see the kingdom but if you ever see the kingdom of God you will know that this world is passing, but His kingdom is eternal. Yeah. And He is no fool that gives up what He can't keep to hang on to that that He can never lose. Yeah. And this day of compromise and making concessions, it's so important that we hold to the truth. Yeah. Amen. I believe you're here today because I won't compromise. I believe it's cost us people People don't run. There was a time you preached like this. Committed Christians would run to support you. Because they know it's the truth. And they know what the word of God is. And they want to hear the truth on Sunday morning. They don't want some, some dumbed down. Perverted, polluted form of the faith. They want it as it was written. They want it as it is. And we're in a day when the devil's trying to undermine that. Yeah. And the statistics among evangelicals, those Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching, when they begin to move away in large numbers, then we are in the falling away. The falling away precedes the coming of Jesus. That means the coming of the Lord is near. The falling away precedes the Antichrist being manifest. That day cannot come except this day that we're in begin to occur. So two things are very near. One is the coming of Jesus. And number two is the manifestation of the Antichrist. And it's like a stage being set. 
with all the set pieces. Has anybody seen The Lion King in New York City? I would love. You saw it? Wow, I've seen a video of it, and I'm blown away by the video, the music, the power of the music from Africa, and the, and the, the actors in that are so powerful. You're so, the set itself is incredible, isn't it? Before you walk in to see that show unfold and the curtain go up, the set pieces are being put in place. There's people behind the scene feverishly working for that first opening night when the curtain is going to go up and it's going to begin. The orchestra is tuning up before people are let in, making sure they're ready when the curtain goes up to play so that everything is set and then the curtain goes up. You know what's happening right now spiritually and biblically and prophetically? All of the set pieces are being put in place. Everything it speaks of in the book of Revelation is being prepared right now for that seven-year period. Three and a half of peace like the world has never known through deception, a false peace and a false Messiah. The Antichrist is coming. But the second half, that's when the seals, seven seals were on that scroll. Seven seals. And each one begins to be opened and a new part is unfolding. Friend of mine, we are in the last yeah. of the last days. And we are in not just a culture flowing away from God, but a church world yeah. that is beginning to allow the culture to take it away from God. Yeah. While naming God. So yeah. church like that in the book of Revelation, it said, Thou hast a name that liveth, but thou art dead. He told the religionists of his day that seemed super religious, you 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 paint the outside, you whiten your whited sepulchres. A sepulcher is a tomb. And they whitewash it. And it looks but it's a place for death and, and bones and, and decomposition of a body. You can pass land and sea. You're very mission minded to make one proselyte one conversion to your religious group. And when you do, you make him twice the child of hell as you are. You're lost. That person's lost because what you're bringing is not the gospel. It cannot save. Amen. The missionary efforts of the cults is in high gear. When they had a mighty revival in Russia, Missionaries carrying the truth asked us to pray here in America because the cults were coming immediately to capitalize on this renewed freedom and interest in religion. So here come the cults from America into Soviet Russia. An incredible day. Many false prophets shall go out into the world and deceive many. But if you continue in my word, John 8, if you continue in my word, the reason Pentecostals have been so easily duped and brought into the false things is because we would rather get a word from the Lord through prophecy or lay it on our hands than to take time 
in a Bible study. Amen. Come on, in a Bible study Amen. to get a word, the word of the Lord. I don't know if this is true or not, but they told me at one point in time, and it may have changed over the years, but at one point in time, instead of showing tellers at the bank a counterfeit note so they could recognize it by studying it, they showed them the genuine note and had them study it, the genuine bill. And if they studied the genuine long enough, and understood what is the true money and the true, the counterfeit would just put up a flag. And they might not be able to put their finger on it, but there was a flag would go up and they'd call for the bank manager and say, would you please take a look at this? I don't, I don't know what it is, but I, the real, the genuine, and the true, embraced, understood, will keep you from the error. The only real and true is right here. Amen. There's some good translations of the Bible. There's some bad ones. Right now, one publishing company, because this is about selling books, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Every publishing company that publishes Bibles is not about evangelism, on, the brother. kingdom of God. Neither is every preacher. Come on. Every church group. They want to bring out, and they're still pushing this issue. They want to bring out a Bible that takes the he that is gender neutral, where God isn't a he. One organization, a lady is the head of this big denominational system. She she said, we need to tone down our rhetoric. We need to quit emphasizing God as Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But light, just light, not Father. And Jesus, not just Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, but Jesus, the light bearer. Light, light bearer. And the Holy Spirit, instead of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, He's the reflector of the light. Light, light bearer, reflector, instead of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And you know what? Thank God for one pastor of a large church of that denomination. He immediately resigned. And in his resignation letter, he said, if you're going to take liberties like that with the Word of God to where God can no longer be defined as the Father, Jesus can be no longer be defined as the Son, and the Holy Ghost can no longer be defined as the Holy Ghost. You might as well call them Huey, Dewey, and Louie from the comic book. You've taken away the truth about God. And about Jesus, the mediator between God and man. And about the Holy Ghost as being the spirit of truth and the convictor of sin. But people are so steeped in the tradition of their churches, even when they go that far off track, they keep going. And they keep supporting. And you come out and say, there's no other way to God. Not only is the world going to push back, but so is the church world. Come on, brother. 
No wonder the Holy Spirit is grieved. And you don't see the manifestations that we once saw. He cannot be happy about this. No wonder there's no conviction. No wonder people are not running to altars and weeping over their sin. No wonder we can just drift along in our lives. I think as we closed last week, I talked about two people in a boat that went out into a big lake like Okeechobee. They got out into the lake and they were, they were drifting. They were drifting. They weren't paddling. They just got out there and they kept looking and there was boats here and boats there and boats here and boats there. So they couldn't have drifted too far because look at all these other boats around us. And one of the guys said, we got to start paddling back. It's going to get dark soon. We're going to be so far out. We can't even see the landmarks anymore to get back. He said, but look, there's boats here. There's boats here, there's boats there, there's boats here. You see, the problem is Christians are looking at other Christians. How they're doing and how uncommitted they are and how they're just letting it all slide, going to church on Sunday and, and letting their morals slide and letting their standards down and saying, I'm as good as they are, I'm as good as they are, I go to church too. It's not where you are, in proximity to the other boats. Yeah. It's the shore. Yeah. It's how far you've all drifted from the shore. Somebody has to wake up. Somebody has to turn around. Somebody has to head back. Can you say amen? And that's what repentance is. It's recognizing. It's time to turn this thing around. It's time to change some things. I can't keep drifting with the tide. Even though other boats are drifting with me. It's not about you and him and them. It's about you and Him. Can you say amen? amen? Christian leader had failed. Left his wife for another woman. I'm glad for forgiveness and repentance and restoration. But a lady came to me and she wanted to quit her husband. This was years ago. She just wanted to quit him. She didn't want to fight it anymore. Pray anymore. Intercede anymore. I told her I can't biblically give you authorization. I can't give you this. If you get it, you'll have to get it somewhere else because this doesn't give it to you. I can't give it to you. Amen. Now, if you're being abused, you need to get away from that outfit. I'm not talking about that. But I can't authorize something God hasn't authorized without a biblical basis for it. And she's just tired of putting up with him. He wasn't abusing her physically, but she's just sick of him. And besides, she said, Talked about a televangelist with a healing ministry and left his yeah. Christian wife and married another woman because the other woman more compatible for him in his ministry. And when it starts in the pulpit, there's a trickle down. There's a trickle down. There's a trickle down. There's a trickle down. And she said, if he can be right with God, and if he can pray and people are healed. And I told her, I said, this is not between you and him and God. 
This is between you and God. And right now you brought me into it. And if you want me to tell you, I'm not going to do that. Because that's above my pay grade. Because then I have to redefine Scripture because someone wants something so bad. And most of the time, there's someone waiting in the wings that someone already wishes they could have. If there was no one waiting in the wings, you'd think they're just under such duress, but there's somebody waiting in the wings. Come on, this is real life. And when there's someone waiting in the wings, and I want that person so bad, and if I could just have that person, oh, what a difference it would make. You know how I'm going to look at my wife from that point on since I'm already eyeballing somebody else? I'm going to see every fault. I'm going to put her under a magnifying glass. I'm going to tell you something about these supermodels. You go up on their face with macro, I'm serious. It's so smooth. I mean, they, they're smooth anyway. I, it's amazing to me that a 23-year-old is selling makeup to, to the rest of you ladies. I'm thinking, dear Lord, get a 40-year-old that, you know, has some cracks and crevices. <laughs> go, to sell, go, go, go to sell all, all an old lady. You might just get an old lady, right? Get a 60-year-old. <laughs> Give me a fist bump. <laughs> Hallelujah. The closer you come in, there's no perfect people. No perfect people. There's no perfect marriage. There's no perfect person. But there's a perfect love in Jesus Christ. And there is a love, and it's a product of the Holy Spirit, not the church or religion. It's a product of the Holy Ghost. If we crucify our flesh so he can bring it forth. There is a love that covers a multitude of faults and sins. And without that love, we're going to see and magnify those faults. And we're going to see and magnify those sins. Can you say amen? But there is a love. Say it with me. There is a love. There is a love. And thank God God has loved you and me with that kind of love. In fact, he commended that love to us. David said, if you marked iniquity, who can stand? There's nobody that can take the scrutiny of a holy God and stand before him. But thank God there's forgiveness with thee, he said, that thou mayest be feared. That thou mayest be feared, yes, because the fear of God in the Old Testament is deep reverence with awe and affection. Can you say amen? Deep reverence with awe and affection. Hallelujah. There's forgiveness with thee that thou mayest be revered. That thou mayest be loved above everyone and everything else. Hallelujah. And if God, for only one reason, forgave you. Only one. Everybody say only one. Only one. one. If God, for Christ's sake, forgave you. You couldn't bring anything to that table. 
in that behind that veil, the type of Jesus, was the Ark of the Covenant. A gopher wood box. Just wood representing his humanity. But it had a pure golden lid. And that represented his divinity. Very, very man, very God. And on that lid was was molded into one piece. The lid was flat. And there was two seraphim, two mighty angels. And the angels are not staring at one another. They're not looking up to heaven. On the lid of the Ark of the Covenant, a type of Christ, they're looking down at the flat surface of the lid of the Ark. Because guess what happened once a year? The high priest offered a sin offering for himself, went through ceremonial washings of his body, took white, pure linen robes and covered himself completely, and took a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice behind the veil to offer it for the sins of the people of Israel. And he sprinkled the mercy seat, and the angels are looking at the blood they're looking at the blood on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Amen. And that became a type of Jesus Christ. When I see the blood. We used to sing it at camp meeting. When I see the blood. When I see. Thank God he doesn't just see you Elaine. He sees the blood. That doesn't mean you can do anything. That means that he. He. Isn't putting you under a magnifying glass looking for some reason to hurt you, harm you, push you away. He's looking for a way to bring you in and keep you safe and wrap his arms of love about you. Can you say, man, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And if you really get that, you will want to serve Him. You will want to deny yourself. Oh, hallelujah! You'll want to take up your cross and follow Jesus. Amen. Brother Hobbs said last week, Brother Venable, you didn't read the Scripture. Well, he's here in spirit. And I can hear him saying it again. So I'm going to read it as we close. There's so much in here. We're going to have to get together a lot. Are you getting something out of this? Yeah. You feel like traveling on. Yeah. Yeah. That, other seek, that other seek a home below, which fire devours and waves overflow. I feel like traveling on. Yeah. Can you say, man? Hallelujah. Exodus 4, 22 and 23. You can just write it down as we close. Exodus 4. Exodus chapter 4, 22 and 23. Let me tell you what compromise is. An agreement, a settlement of a dispute by each side making concessions. Did you ever hear the term, give him an inch, you take a mile. This will never describe the devil's intentions. He will take it all. Not some ground. Not most ground. He wants to devour. He wants to destroy. That's why the thief came. To steal, kill, and destroy. That's why we're told to 
neither give place to the devil, no ground in Ephesians 4 and verse 27. Someone says sin will take you farther than you want to go. Keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And refuse to let you go when you want to be free. But I'm going to tell you something. If you ever want to be free, if you ever want to be free, Jesus will set you free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's the real deal, Lucille. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody said, Brother Bible, when God takes this from me, oh no, God is not going to take anything from you. But if you're willing to repent and you want to be delivered, there's no yoke that the name of Jesus can't break. Can you say that? There's still power in the name of Jesus. But that power is released to people who repent of their sin. Hallelujah. Wow. Well, if I wasn't got saved, if I wasn't already saved, I would get saved today. Hallelujah. Praise God. 